Hey everyone, just a reminder that this is a mental health podcast, so some content discussed may be triggering for some. If you're not feeling up to it, hit pause, come back another day, we're not going anywhere. If it is an emergency, please don't hesitate to contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. That is a 24-hour service. Thank you. Turn up the talk podcast. Tackling mental health together. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Turn Up The Talk, brought to you by the Clavelli Hotel and Doyle's on the Beach down at Watson's Bay, live out of the Radio Hub Studios in Alexandria, Sydney. You're joined by Pat Clifton, Lockie Drew Morris, and Steve from the Man Anchor. Steve, thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for having me, Pat. How you been? Yeah, good. Good. Really good. Thank you. So, I just mentioned you're from the Man Anchor. Tell us a bit about that being a mental health foundation. Yep. So, Man Anchor is an organisation that I founded, uh, when I say founded, it sounds so wanky and it makes me sound like a massive wanker. I'm not a wanker, I promise you. Um, but it's an organisation I started um, in May of 2017 with the hope of encouraging men to have real conversations about their health and especially their mental health. And, um, and so it really started from a, a conversation I had from my wife, well with my wife, regarding you know, the role that social media plays in um, in modern society, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty naive when it comes to social media. I'm 42 now, but I didn't own an Instagram account. I had a Facebook account and a LinkedIn account, um, but, you know, I was only putting pictures of my, you know, hot family holidays up and yeah, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. the normal stuff. And, and I'd, I'd be lucky if I looked at it once a week. Um, that's bloody changed a lot since I started Manica, that's for sure. But um, we had a conversation about, um, she works in marketing and for the hair removal brand uh, NADS, her family business. I'm actually their guinea pig for the hair <laughs> removal products. If it, at, any one po- at any one point in time, I'll have patches of hair missing from my chest <laughs> and, and other places. But, um, and we were talking about the role that social media plays and influences, and I had no idea what an influencer was. <laughs> and I know it seems funny, but I had no idea. And so she explained the concept and it blew my mind. I thought, how the hell can someone that you don't even know influence your buying motive yeah. and your lifestyle changes by what you see on social media? And it blew my mind. And that night we went out for a meal with some friends and I woke up the next day a little bit hungover, a little bit of a sore head. And I was thinking about it more and more, and I thought, well, imagine if you could use social media to influence positive change. Um, and, and so I thought about it for the next couple of days, and I thought about, well, imagine if we could just flip it on its head and, and start it. So I did, and I just started an a, um, Instagram account and a Facebook account, and I, I felt terrible, because as soon as I started the Instagram account, I thought, oh, no, you've turned into some bloody Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and, and then, so I, I, I started it, and, you know, my first post that I put up, you know, I got 10 likes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm killing it. <laughs> I'm killing it. And no, I didn't understand that you needed a million and I'm nowhere near that. But, but what I thought about was, imagine if you could influence someone's kind of, you know, stop, make someone stop for a moment and think about themselves or someone else in their life um, in a positive way or a positive change. And, you know, they could be sitting on the bus, on the train, you know, you know waiting to pick up a coffee, got 
how many people take their phone to the toilet, they're like, if you sitting on the toilet, and they just flick through something, but for that 30 seconds they stop, read something that really resonates with them, and they think, oh, well, maybe that thing that's going on in my life isn't just, you know, a thing, maybe it's something a little bit more. Um, and so that's where it started from, and, and it's certainly grown now into an organisation. We're not a not-for-profit, um, we're a social enterprise, um, so we, we, what we make, we, we try to put back out. And, um, and what we do is we run a, a number of different programs built around educating um, and empowering the community and the corporate world to be able to have real conversations around mental health and have the tools to be able to look after our own well-being and the well-being of others. So. I think, like you said, social media, obviously we grew up in the time of it was the biggest thing and it still is the biggest thing. Yeah. And it's great for people like us and you to get man anchor and turn up the talk out there. But, you know, for a, a young girl or a young guy growing up, like you said, seeing an influencer with, you know, a body, which half the time is probably edited, to look like a stick as a lady or a big muscle man as a guy, I think you can have a real... I think it personally has a massive, massive play into mental health rates going up. And yeah. obviously it's talked about a lot now, so the rates are going are going up because it's something that was never really talked about. Mm. But I, I do think, you know, being the biggest killer for suicide between 18 and 44, I think social media has a massive, massive play on that. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, you can't turn off. You yeah, can never turn off. Uh, Look, I'm not trying to age myself or date myself, but... You know, if you know, if there was something going on at school, which the you know, unfortunately, bullying has been going on for forever. You know, you could leave school and the bullying would stop. You know, the the trauma and the angst around, you know, the the the, the bullying at school will still be there when you go back to school, and it's still there at home. But you were able to turn off and switch off and try to forget about it. But now it's it's always there. It's mm. it's in their hand. It's you know, it's on their computer, it's everywhere you go. Yeah. So that is a real issue. And, you know, um, body image and, and all those things that you did mention, Pat, is uh, an unrealistic and unsustainable lifestyle. Yeah. And I, I laugh when you see these movie stars with the six pack. Well, you know, they've got personal trainers, they've got people cooking for them, mm. they don't work a full-time job, you know, they're not studying, you know. So they've got, they've got the ability to be able to do that. Well, I'd love a six-pack, but I hate doing sit-ups. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. So, you know, the, the reality of it is that, you know, for some people this is their world, but is it a world that's um, attainable for most of us? Well, no. And I think we, we just need to understand that as well. Is there... Oh, have you been through or have you been around anyone with mental health issues or was the main sort of starting point for me and Anchor that possibility and the chance that social media can have a positive effect? Oh, no, look, so personally, I've, I've been really fortunate to live on the good side of the mental health spectrum. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that everyone, we, we, we all have mental health, yeah. and at any one time in our life, we can go from that good side towards the, the poor side. It's just like your physical health. And to now, I've, you know, I've had challenges, but I've lived relatively good mental health. But I have, in my life, I've got family members that have mental health disorders um, that are younger than me and I wasn't very, let's just say, I didn't have the emotional maturity or intelligence to be able to support them. And so that's a massive driver of mine to, to be able to give individuals the understanding and the tools to be able to you know, support others because when I was growing up, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't have those skill sets, I didn't have the tools. 
Uh, I was probably a little bit selfish as well. And like a lot of people, I, well, you know, they're just making excuses that they need to kind of harden up a bit, yeah. that kind of cliche. And so as I grew and grew older, I realised like this is, this is just like this person having um, asthma or diabetes. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, a, this is a diagnosable illness. And, you know, and so I need to understand it like that, where I'm ashamed to say, but like many, you know, I thought they were using it as an excuse or, you know, yeah. you know, but... Gus Wallen has been very good with that. Like, we talk about how, like, we need to get people to talk and come out to their friends and yeah. they've got a gotcha for life mate. But the, like you just said, the gotcha for life mate needs to know how to deal with that as well because if they don't give a warm response or a positive response, the person that spoke out is just going to feel probably 10 times worse. So it's a very good comment that, like... That's there's not only needs to be training for people to help talk about what they're going through, but there needs that friend. There needs to be training for those types of people as well, that, yeah. so they can be a comfortable environment for people to speak out to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's because awareness is is where it starts, and if you with and I'm sure you guys will, will feel it and know from what you're doing with this wonderful podcast is that when someone understands that you're open to have a conversation about mental health people come forward, it creates that opportunity. Yeah. And so if you give someone like a little bit of knowledge and that little bit of empowerment, you know, they'll go forth and take that conversation to their friends mm -hmm. and create that opportunity. Like Gus says, you know, with the, you know, you, you, you got your mate, well, that yeah. you know, someone needs to initiate that and how got to initiate that conversation is say, all right, you and I are gonna make a pact. If we, if you ever need anyone to talk to about mental health, now or in the future, I'm your mate. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to give people the tools and the empowerment to be able to say, all right, I don't have all the answers, but do you know what? I know that I'm here to support you and I have a little basic information um, and knowledge and, you know, let's have a conversation. Yeah. You mentioned you used to kind of be on the side of, you know, it's an excuse, toughen up. Mm. Was there a distinctive moment that changed your outlook towards that or just as you got older and matured? I just think as I got older and matured and become less selfish, yeah. you know, I think uh, there wasn't a definitive moment. Yeah, it was just one of those things that gradually came. And probably when, I, when the, my family members started talking more about it as well, and you start to think, ah, oh, crap, okay. Well, I really misjudged this situation or, you know what. Well, that's one of the things I see now. I think back to times when I was younger and things were going on in our house and uh, in, in my, within my family, and I think, God, you're such an idiot. You know, if you only knew now what you knew yeah. then, you would yeah. have reacted so much differently. <laughs> you would have been able to support that person. You would have done this. And so that, that alone is one of the big drivers that I yeah. find, you know, reminiscing and regret from previous life. So. Do you think that also had a lot of, if you look back to 20, 30 years ago, the stigma was really not talked about with mental health? You know, do you think that's why you were kind of you were almost brought up in that environment, so you knew no better as to have that perspective on it? Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. There, there wasn't the conversation wasn't had. You know, there was either, and, I, and this is really derogative, but there was either that person's kind of weak and crazy or nothing. Yeah. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't, there, there wasn't the narrative and this what we have now. Like, I get, I get so stoked when I sit with uh, younger people and they talk about mental health and their vocabulary is so large 
um, and they understand so much more um, than, than we did, than adults did back then. And so it's really positive because that's how change happens. Yeah. You know, look, I, how old are you guys? 21. 21. 21, 21. See, 21. I, I didn't have a clue yeah. about mental health. All I cared about was, you know, surfing, working, chicks, you know, just those, those really kind of self-indulgent things. Yeah. And, but, you know, I was a caring individual, but I didn't have a better no. understanding of that. Yeah. But you go to, you know, you go to 16-year-olds now, and they talk about the different disorders. Mm. They talk about what well-being is. Uh, they talk about self-care. That, that wasn't around. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think now that um, uh, younger people are becoming more educated and, and having this understanding that the future is going to look a lot brighter because they're going to grow up and have kids and they're going to be able to show, like you guys can have kids, and you, they're going to grow up and, and understand that what empathy is, mm. what, you know, what wellness is, that it's okay to be unwell, and how to look after yourself with self-care. If someone was to go to a man anchor workshop, yep. what, would they, what would they go through? Okay, so we, have, we, we run three courses. So we have our Let's Talk workshop, which is a really relaxed look at um, mental health. It's, um, it's an introduction. And so how it works, and how I envisage it, is you know, everyone has a different understanding of mental health. And what really works good for groups and the community, I think, is to try to bring everyone up to the same basic level. Um, people, you know, have lived experience and supported loved ones. So I think there's three types of people in the world. Um, one, that the person who has lived experience with a mental health disorder. The second is the person that supported a friend, family member, work colleague with a mental health disorder. Or the third, who just hasn't realised they've got a friend, family member or work colleague that has a mental health disorder. And so, you know, each of those three people have a different understanding of it. And so what I'd like to do with Let's Talk is bring everyone up to the same page and the same understanding. And, and what it is, it's about building the story and, and, and removing a few of those barriers and then creating an understanding of how you can support someone or support yourself. So we talk about, um, uh, you know, we build the story around the statistics because still a lot of people don't know the statistics. And, you know, the, the stat you said before, Pat, with um, uh, 14 to um, 44. Yeah. Uh, I, every time I say it, I've said that a thousand times, and every time I hear it and say it, I get goosebumps because it's such an unbelievable statistic. But, you know, you let people understand that they're not alone through that, um, that, you know, there is a large percentage of Australians, 20% of Australians, um, will be experiencing mental health um, crisis or disorder in a 12-month period. Oh, wait a minute, that's now, let me think about everyone in my footy team. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, you know, if that's the case, um, you know, and so that helps build it and loosen it up. And then we talk about prevention, uh, early intervention and treatment pathways. So we get everyone to have an understanding of, okay, how we can look after ourselves, how we can understand, notice the signs if we're becoming unwell, um, you know, the feelings, thinkings and um, physical um, changes. We talk about how you have the conversation, what to look for. Um, and none of it's, none of it's brain, like, um, brain surgery, but what it is, it's just giving everyone a little bit of information. And each person will walk away with a little bit, you know, one person will pick up on understanding the statistics. Some people will walk away, you know, understanding um, the signs and symptoms. Another person will think, oh, wait a minute, you know, I've been worried about my friend 
I don't need to know all the answers. So everyone walks away with something different. And it's great because we, you know, with, with um, everything that has been going on um, over the last few months, um, where we've had to um, socially, um, um, what do they call the word? Distance now. Um, we've gone on to Zoom, so we're now having conversations with workplaces yeah. um, where you've got some of the team in New South Wales, some of the team in Melbourne, some of the team in uh, WA, all getting on the same page about mental health, so that's good. Then we have our uh, Communication with Care program, which is a, a four-hour program, which is written by my friend and mentor, um, Liz Wyatt, for us, for Man Anchor, and it's basically about understanding uh, uh, how to effectively communicate with a friend, family, me family member or work colleague in a time of crisis um, and support them and effectively support them. Um, and we talk about you know, how you have that conversation, the language to use, you know, how you can give positive support, you know, what is empathy, um, what are some really positive coping strategies, what's some negative coping strategies. Um, and then we talk about suicide as well and uh, suicide support. Um, and it's really, it's really quite similar to um, the Lifeline program. I'm sorry, a bit of heartburn there. Um, the Lifeline program, um, Accidental Cancer, but we've changed it more about um, the communication skills, which sometimes becomes a bit of a barrier. Um, and then we have the Mental First Aid, which I'm sure you guys know about. Yeah. And um, we have a few people that help facilitate that for us as well. And uh, I, I, I love that program. Have you guys done it? We're doing it Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I did a mental health response workshop. I, I, don't, I think it was a bit separate to the first aid, but I think they're kind of all under the same kind of roof. But yeah, we're doing one on Wednesday with, actually with Ben Higgs from the oh, Foundation. Yeah, he's so. epic at it. He is so yeah. epic at it. Because he, his lived experience and his passion, um, yeah, he's, he, he just sit, I've sat through with him and he's wonderful. Yeah. If we can go back to that four-hour course of how yep. to kind of have the conversation with someone, it is confronting. You know, you, you're not educated. I personally believe there's not enough education at all within schools and things mm. like that. And you, it sometimes it is easier to not have that conversation with someone, mm. even though you know they need it, because you don't know how to handle it. It can be awkward. It can mm. be confronting. How would you go about, say, for myself, say I, I picked up on Lockie and he wasn't, you know, he, a few changes had happened and I'd noticed it. How do I initiate that first conversation? Yeah, I think, I think the first thing you need to do is think to yourself, I don't need to have all the answers. Because one of the biggest barriers about reaching out to someone to give support, it, it can be you know, a little bit overwhelming because you think, oh, am I the right person? Do I have the tools? Am, am, am I gonna make this worse? And now the first thing to remember is you're not gonna make it worse. Unless you're completely insensitive, and uh, a brickhead, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it worse. You just need to have um, an open mind, the right amount of time, and and, and a bit of empathy. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm in a privileged position where I get a lot of people emailing me saying, Steve, I've got a friend um, that I want to be able to. Um, I know something's wrong. I want to be able to help, but I don't know how to fix them. And I always go back to them and say, Hey, I'll tell you what, take some of the pressure away from yourself. You know, you want to be able to help them. But I'm here to tell you, you don't need to fix them. Replace fix with support. So the conversation is, hey Steve, I've got a friend, I know something's going on, I wanna be able to help them, but I don't know how to best support them. And that removes a hell of a lot of pressure from you. Yeah. So what you can do straight away, Pat, is be Pat Lockie's mate. 
You don't have to be Pat's uh, uh, Lockie's psychiatrist, yeah. um, you know, doctor. You just need to be Lockie's mate. And you've only got so much space to be able to do that. You've only got so much capability. And, you know, your role is to be there to support him. So, you know, to, uh, I start with, a, like, an open conversation. You know, hey, I've noticed some changes uh, in you. Is everything going okay? Now, simple, you know, that simple kind of 15-second monologue is enough to like really to you know relieve so much pressure from if Lockie was going through something. Um, one thing that I commonly get told you know when I when I meet with people that are living with disorders is you know the fear around the isolation that they feel, and um, you know I even heard it when I was listening to was it episode zero yeah. of of um, of the podcast where I, I can't remember who it was but one of you said you know it was like not wanting to burden someone with what's going on in, in my world or make, you know, someone's a lot worse off than me, I'll, you know, and so, but if we can, if we can let someone know that we're there because we care um, and that they've got someone to turn to, it removes a hell of a lot of fear and of that isolation. And I always remember this story, it was told from a, a friend of mine, good looking bloke, you know, great job, you know, great sportsman. And he rang me one day to thank me for the stuff we were doing with Man Anchor. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, that's, that's out of the blue, but yeah, thank you. And then he started going on and telling me how he'd been living with, um, you know, depression. And, and I was like, wow, okay. Well, you know, this is, thank you for sharing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. And, he, you know, he explained that for um, about three years, he walked around with what it felt like his eyes squinting and his fingers in his ears. Because of the, you know, the, the burden that he was carrying of him, of the way he was feeling and not knowing who he could turn to um, and the isolation that he felt. But something changed with one person pulling him up and saying, hey, you know, I've just noticed you've been late for this and it's not like you. Is everything okay? You know, if it's not, I'm here to talk to you. And what happened was that, that little exchange, you know, slowly let his eyes kind of, um, open up and yeah. you know, and, this, and and his ears to unblock, and it completely changed his world. Um, and so, just that little bit of a, that little bit of dialogue can really change someone's life. So yeah, go in, use empathy, use use understanding, know that you don't have to fix the person, and ask them. You used um, well, the name is Man Anchor. Yep. But you, you put a pretty cool post up the other day about women, and you included oh, yep. women. So how were women? Included in Man Anchor. Okay, so Man Anchor originally was start for men, but it soon came pretty bloody clear that it wasn't just um, the male gender that had issues with mental health. It was it was everyone, um, and um, and I found that we had just as many women reaching out to Man Anchor as males, and I thought, well, you know, you can't just. Well, I thought for myself, am I doing my, am I am I doing myself justice if I just keep it for men. And I thought, well, I could, and I spoke to a few people about it. But I thought, no, because, you know, ultimately what I want to do is help people. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's all I want to do is help people. And uh, if it's male or female, young or old, yeah, I, so I said, well, let's do it. So we run women anchor events as well. And so I ran the first few, few of those, which I thought was interesting. But, you know, there's, there's a, a grey-headed, long-haired, grey-headed guy with a big grey beard looking like a... Whirl, um, Warlock sitting out the front, <laughs> talking to women 
um, from you know 16 to um, 60, but it doesn't matter because in the end it's the message. It's yeah. Yeah. it's the it's the what we're trying to get across is um, isn't um, held in by uh, agenda. So, and I, I really enjoy it as well because, you know, you can sit in a, a, room, a room full of males and there's one dynamic and then you sit in a room full of females and there's another dynamic. Yeah. And so, yeah, I get, a, I get a lot out of both of them. We just talked before the show, before we started, we mentioned COVID-19. Yeah. And it's something we don't want to really talk about on the podcast because, like Monkey said, sometimes a podcast can be an escape for people from the news and, and from everything mm. that's going on. And like you said, you don't like to watch news because every news headline is coronavirus. Mm. And you brought up a good point that it, that's true, but you also, it's a very relevant topic at the moment. Mm. And we got into the, the conversation of men and how, you know, losing jobs, losing incomes, and that's not the plan and how, how it's affected them. What's your kind of take on it, on the, on the negative effects on the mental side of things? Yeah, well, we, we started talking about just the barrage of, of, of negative news and... I guess if you're a business owner or anyone, you know you have to be responsible and um, and and stay up to date. But if you're picking up your phone four or five times a day, you're jumping in the car, you, you, you're watching the news in the morning and the evenings, it doesn't stop. Yeah. And then you're getting emails and different things, it doesn't stop. And so that can really weigh heavily on on your on your mental well-being. So um, you need to still stay connected, but it's important that we kind of can disconnect from it and maybe have one time in the morning to check up on what's going on, especially if you're a business owner um, of a small business that you, or a large business at that. But if you can turn off once in the morning, once in the evening, and get a better understanding of it. But now for, you know, now what I'm seeing with the conversations I have, and I'm not sure you guys might be that feel the same, is that, you know, the uncertainty that is growing and, 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 and continuing to grow about when it's going to finish, where we're going to end up economically, it's starting to really weigh heavy on, on many people and especially males um, because, you know, even though we live in this world that um, is based around equality and, and so on, um, a lot of males still feel like they need to be the breadwinner. Mm. Um, that stereotype that, you know, they're the male, they need to be the breadwinner. And, um, you know, businesses are affected, um, you know, People are on JobKeeper, and uh, it does take its toll. And um, you know, it's something that why we it's so important at the moment that we continue to have real real conversations about mental health, so we can let our friends and family know. Go, hey, you know, are you okay? Because if you're not okay, I'm here to support you. I'm here to have that conversation. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really important that we continue to, you know, push the messages. Hey. Let's have the conversation if you need to have the conversation. Yeah. And I think, going back to stats, there was a statistic that I, it was 30% or 300%, something, a ridiculous amount of number of alcohol sales that have gone up during coronavirus and during lockdown, which is sad to think that, you know, that is someone's escape. Yeah. You know, instead of going to their friend and saying, you know what, I'm feeling this way, that will go to the bottle shop and buy alcohol. And I don't dock someone at all, you know what I mean? Like you mm. said, there's, a, there's a still a strong stigma in mental health and it's not their fault that they're going to do it, but I feel sad that that's their escape. Yeah. And you, everyone knows the negative effects alcohol has on your mental health. Yeah. So if we could substitute that escape for, you know, calling your mate up and saying, or calling your dad up or calling your mum and saying, 
look, I'm really struggling. I think that would be great, which I think, like you said, getting that message out is going to do. Yeah, I, that's, look, we all know hitting the bottle isn't, isn't a positive way to cope with, your, with, with a, a, you know, a crisis or a difficult day. And I remember hearing uh, on the episode that you did with um, Dan Price, he, he spoke about you know, finding new ways to connect with his mates if they're going through um, troubles. And he's, I think he said, you know, getting up and hitting the gym with them or going to play at your seven o'clock round of golf. Um, yeah, it's a really maladaptive way of coping with stress. And everyone's everyone's stress levels are heightened at the moment, yeah. and, and there's a lot and there's a lot of um, low level anxiety as well, and high level and high level anxiety as well. But you know, if we can find other positive ways of coping, um, it's like picking up the phone, like going for a surf, going for a hit of golf with a mate. You know, that's a lot better than saying I'll meet you at the local at five and. Yeah. Mm. We'll get a kebab after. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. one, you get an upset stomach from the kebab, and you know the problem's still there when you wake up with your hangover. Yeah, oh, yeah. Almost you know, of the problem. yeah, it does, it does. It's best bearing it. But um, yeah, that's why I think men definitely we need to get better at that, at, at finding that positive coping structure in our life, and it's all different for everyone. What are the goals for me and Anchor? What do you got, what do you got coming up? What are the oh, overarching goals? Okay, oh, we're, we're, we've got a busy time um, at the moment. We're, it's, I, I feel so blessed because I've got so many um, organisations I'm working with, um, including Ben Higgs with his Rise Foundation. Um, uh, and Ben and I are working with Surfing New South Wales at the moment. We're um, rolling out um, mental health first aid training. Um, in partnership with Surfing New South Wales so that we can start to build uh, an understanding around mental health uh, up and down the coast. There's a million surfers in New South Wales and um, there's about 200 board riders clubs of Malibu clubs, um, surfboard clubs, um, bodyboard clubs, sup clubs. So we're, we're, we've, I kicked off the idea um, about a year ago to be able to um, put into each of these clubs uh, mental health and wellbeing manager to be able to support male or female, young or old, if they feel themselves becoming unwell, if they feel like they're in crisis, and direct them off um, to be able to find clinical support. So just a place to start if they do feel like they need help. So we're, we've got that rolling out. I think we've got our next one in a few weeks. Um, we've already done about 40 clubs. Unfortunately, you know, we were, we were, last week alone I had um, two board riders clubs contact me about suicides within their clubs. So yeah, it's, it, it's you know, we, we've got a bit more work to do there, which is really great. Um, you know, we've got our wonderful partnership with Gotcha for Life, and that keeps me busy as well, working with Gus and their wonderful team and all their partners as well, like Chemist Warehouse and Westpac and different things like that. So um, it's re we really, we're so grateful for Gus and everything that he's been able to do and, and Tim and the team. So we're really, really fortunate there. Um, we've got a new partnership as well with um, Paladin Sports. Um, uh, they're a, a sporting gear company, so they do everything, football, netball, cricket, all the sports, rugby. Um, and so what we're doing now is rolling out um, mental health training for sporting clubs. So with, with all their partners who, who wear their kit. Yeah. So that's exciting as well. So we'll be able to get in and, and talk to the managers, talk to the committees about mental health and start to 
provide you know an understanding around culture of positive mental health there awesome. and that, that's the sort of stuff i love getting right into the grassroots yeah. there awesome where can we find you on instagram and facebook oh everywhere now because i'm like <laughs> bloody kim kardashian um no so yeah you can find us at mananchor.com.au um, that's our website and um, mananchor underscore oh sorry man underscore anchor uh, on uh, instagram okay awesome well thank you for taking the time to come on and but we really look forward to potentially working with you in the future and to come on and you know share your story we really appreciate it thank uh, you. thanks pat thanks lucky i really i really love what you're doing it is it, i just i've listened to them and i think they're just such great podcast the people you get on are unbelievable and i think i think you could listen to any of them and walk away learning something new about mental so good on you guys thank you thank you thanks again to our sponsors radio hub doyles on the beach and the covelli hotel thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you next time turn up the talk podcast Tackling mental health together.